Hi, and welcome back to Behind the Lime. Today, we're going to be meeting with Dr. Dickens, who is the dance marathon chair at the Stead Family Children's Hospital. We're going to be talking a little bit about what he does in his role and some things you might not know about what our families go through while they're in the hospital and going through treatment. Uh, we're really excited for you to get to hear from him. And so here's Dr. Dickens. Like when I close my eyes and don't even care if anyone sees me dancing. Like so can you tell us a little bit about what your position is as the dance marathon chair and as a physician? Perfect. You know, that's an interesting story because the uh, University of Iowa dance marathon students several years ago working with the hospital system decided that they needed a person to be hired to bring new cures and better cures, not just to the Iowa City families, but to the whole profession. Um, we're at a stage now in cancer therapy where the standard treatments have a, hit a plateau, meaning that using the same medications and different combinations just wasn't making the advances we wanted. So the strategy was to take all of the new discoveries, distill them all out to figure out which one might have the best effect, and then actually build something new, which uh, was in the form of clinical trials. So my official title through UIDM is the UIDM Endowed Chair of Clinical and Translational Research. So you may hear that coming up, and that basically just means somebody who's bringing more cures and better cures into the university. Okay, so is a lot of what you do like research then? Actually, it's only the minor part. Most of my work is spent in the clinics seeing patients because at the same time, we dream about a world that is doing better against pediatric cancer, but people are still coming to us today and need to be cared for. So I would say the majority of my time is spent with direct patient care, providing what we do have to get the best outcomes possible while there's this background mission of trying to always do more, find better cures, find more cures. Cool. Uh, how were you selected for this role? How did you receive it? So after this position was created by UIDM, they launched a national search uh, and they interviewed a bunch of people from around the country to try and bring in the right person for the role. I have a, I've been in practice now for 20 years. That's hard to admit, uh, but that's when I started my career in this role. And I think that in addition to education, uh, experience is a great teacher. And after 20 years of doing this work in all different sorts of diseases, there are things you learn along the way that enrich your thought process and your ideas. Uh, and the, my, it's called the phenotype, just who you are as a person and, and how do you think and what do you do uh, was a match for what the university wanted in a physician in this position. So you've had this role for how many years now? It's going on three years. I started in February of 2019. I entered into that role. Um, and I continue in that capacity. 
There's other directions that my career has taken me as demanded by the environmental circumstances, such as the COVID pandemic and the impact that everybody is all too familiar with. Um, our patients had to navigate the same complexities of a cancer diagnosis in the face of that same crisis that is causing a lot of disruption in our society. So that's kept me plenty busy. Um, I'm happy to report that we've been very successful at managing COVID in pediatric cancer, which is a little bit um, trickier, a little bit more problematic in patients who have cancer. And so we've had to be very thoughtful with these limited bits of information that keep changing over time about how we navigate it. So that's just one example of how, you know, new things have been added on. 2019 feels like a different world, doesn't it? Yeah. It took a picture of all of the masks and the, you know, in, in public and the shields. And then you transported those back into 2019. And you said, guess what? In three years, this is what your world is going to look like. Um, it, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. Did you deal with any of the patients getting COVID while they were in treatment? Yes. Um, uh, we have entered a collaboration, a national collaboration to try and understand specifically in kids who have cancer, what is the impact of COVID? There are now over a thousand patients um, who've been entered in the registry. So sometimes we diagnose it at um, the same time that we're diagnosing cancer. So, you know, that's, that's a tough double hit on people. Sometimes they've already been diagnosed with cancer and they have gotten COVID during their treatments. So the national stats to break this down into what most people are worried about, which is mortality or death from COVID, um, children who have cancer have a 1.6% chance of dying if they get COVID. That is about, I would guess, close to 100 times the risk in other children in their age group. So it's not a big number, but it, relatively speaking, it's a significant impact. Um, currently, since the beginning of all this, since March of 2020, when this all started, we are getting close to 30 patients. Uh, I think we're at 28 or 29 who have been diagnosed with COVID. And fortunately, um, there isn't a single patient that has died as a result of their COVID. And some challenging decisions had to be made about what to do with their treatment and other um, organ dysfunction that they get with COVID. Um, but so far here at the University of Iowa, and that's thanks to the resources we have here. Um, and it touches on this point that curing cancer is not just about chemotherapy or treatment. There are so many other aspects that go into how you care for a child going through that process. And it's one of the reasons why I came here. And it's one of the reasons why I like practicing here is, you know, through this whole pandemic, we've had, we've been very fortunate to have the resources and the other supportive teams to help us navigate through that new challenge that we faced. Uh, what are, what are some of the more challenging parts of your role? I'm sure COVID was definitely one of them. Yeah, that was an unpleasant add-on to the background of things that are very challenging. You know, I, I think what resonates with a lot of people is just the understanding that we hope for the best 
but sometimes we don't get the outcomes we want. And I think the hardest part of this job is helping a family navigate some of those very challenging discussions and decisions when things aren't going the way we want and the options available for cure are uh, um, no longer existent. Um, that, that is true, I think, of most oncologists. Um, and this national stats are about one out of every six patients isn't going to survive their cancer. So if you meet six kids on our floor when you come in, one of them isn't going to survive on an average. Kind of depends a little bit on what they have. Um, so walking around with that knowledge and managing it is a is a ongoing challenge. The other one specific to this role um, that is not unique to this role, it's fairly common for people who decide to build something new. Uh, because this idea that we were going to bring more research into the University of Iowa for kids with cancer was a new initiative. And anybody who's taking something like that on knows that um, building something from scratch takes a lot of work. It's new. People don't understand what you're doing. They, they want you know, the complete answers of how is this all going to work? And for those who have taken on new challenges, I think it's okay to say, you know what? I don't know if this is the right answer. I think this is the best path to take with what I understand now and not be afraid to fail and to understand that you've got a team around you that's going to build. And if version 1.0 isn't the right answer to have the wisdom to, change course and adapt to what you're seeing in front of you. So building new treatments and new cures has been um, a challenge that's not a negative challenge. Sometimes that word is used covertly to cover up a problem. Um, when you, you're kind of getting trained to say when you have a problem, just turn it into the word challenge. Mm -hmm. um, this is a different kind of word challenge where it's, it's I wouldn't use the word fun, but it's kind of very engaging and professionally satisfying to know that you're trying to do something to make things better in the future. I like that perspective. Uh, what are some things about that members of Dance Marathon might not know about our family's experiences? That's a great question. And I, I liked how you worded that because the perspective of your question is spot on with the fact that a cancer diagnosis in a child has an impact on families, everybody in the family. And although it's most direct on the child, um, there's a wake of struggle that happens around the child, uh, first with the parents and the siblings and then other people in their lives. Um, and when I started, one of the reasons why I entered this field to begin with as a much younger person, um, I was looking at this from the perspective of the child and in medical school, recognizing that, wow, of all the things that happened that I've seen as a medical student, it would really stink if I were in that age group and I got diagnosed with cancer. And that never really has ever felt wrong, but my perspective as a parent has now changed where as bad as that is to be the patient in the bed, it is an enormous struggle for the parents to um, uh, 
see and understand that in order for their child to survive, they have to agree to treatments that can be quite harsh at times. And being a parent is a little bit like living with your heart outside of your chest. Uh, you're constantly trying to protect it. And you know that the world is going to hurt it at times and you can't. And I've, I've used that in my conversations with families to say I'm at some point, I'm sure if I gave you the option, you would switch places with your child in a heartbeat. And every parent, regardless of their background, says absolutely in a heartbeat, they would trade places. Um, and that you know might be easy to conceptualize if people were listening to this, just go home and say, hey, mom, hey, dad, how would you feel if I came home and told you I got diagnosed with cancer and see what they say? And their first response is probably going to be, I can't even imagine. I don't wanna go there or something like that because they understand how devastating that would be. So to summarize, I would say, keep the family perspective in mind, understand that it's not just about the kids, it's about the parents and it's about the siblings who are you know, uh, experiencing what's called vicarious trauma, your witness to human trauma, and that affects everybody involved. Definitely. Uh, is there anything else you'd like the public or Dance Marathon members to know? I would like them to know that um, any effort that is being done to support our families goes noticed and appreciated. And you feel like um, that the support that the community gives is proportionate to some dollar amount that's raised. And every family that I've talked to about UIDM, and I just kind of ask them sometimes, what do you, you know, what's your perspective on UIDM? They're almost at a loss for words when they try and describe how meaningful it is that other people care about what's going on with their lives. You're strangers. I'm a stranger to them when I meet them. You're strangers to them when you meet them. And it's that act of compassion that I think it can be very healing for families. And you don't have to be any exchange of anything other than what we all share as the most valuable thing in our lives, which is our time. And the time that you all donate uh, behind the scenes is, is so meaningful for another human being who's suffering to extend that compassion. So please don't uh, underestimate that value to them. And I would not underestimate the value to yourselves. Um, it is better to give than receive. And just having an understanding that your, your actions having an impact on somebody else who's suffering, I hope brings meaning to the people who are engaged. Well, thank you so much for meeting with us today, Dr. Dickens. I'm sure everyone who listens is gonna be excited to hear from you and really appreciative. It just means a lot to us that you were willing to do this with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I was looking forward to it, Maggie and Sarah, and thank you both for doing everything you do to support our families.